BuzzFeed's Internet Explorer is a podcast that contains adult themes like Donald Trump as a lizard using his tail to have sex with Ted Cruz as like a, a panda bear. I think that would be their fursonas. I don't know about you. What do you think, Katie? Ryan, have you been reading my dream journal? Because <laughs> that is all I fantasize about. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Welcome to BuzzFeed's Internet Explorer. I'm Ryan. Hi, I'm Katie Natopoulos. We both work for BuzzFeed. Yeah, we work for BuzzFeed. We're going to do a podcast. You guys listening to us right now can hear the theme music, but every week when we record, now that I'm so used to hearing the theme music after, it's really weird to not hear it when we're recording. Do you get that way, Katie? I actually don't. Oh. Usually when we're when we start off, I'm doing such a um, strenuous job of visualizing your face. Every time you talk, I imagine the drum part from In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. <laughs> Do you know that Phil Collins is the number one collector of Alamo cannonballs? I, I've been reading a lot about Phil Collins recently for some reason, <laughs> and I was reading about the incident where he may or may not have divorced his wife via a fax, which is like baller, I think. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's... I mean, honestly, like if it's already at that point, like... Fine. Anyway, so let's get started. So, Katie, we got uh, a couple exciting topics today. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Disney's Zootopia. Oh, boy. We sure are. Yeah, we're really going <laughs> really to dig our paws into that one. Yeah. And then we're also going to be talking about this really cool Viner that I met while, while I was in Japan. Her name is Reika Uzeki, and she's sort of... Uh, quietly changing the way young women use Vine and Instagram and Twitter. And um, I'm going to try to do my best to bring you, the listeners, into the crazy world of Japanese entertainment and internet. Zootopia is the newest Disney film, and it just broke a massive record. Well, it has, it's, it has the biggest opening weekend of a Disney movie, movie ever, even right. bigger than Frozen. Yes, it beat Frozen. Yeah. Here. Here's my opinion on this. Okay. You know, I feel like one thing in general with the movie industry is that, like, it's this sort of, like, unfun arms race where, like, all these box office records just keep getting broken, like, three times a year. So, like, I feel like it's not that the movies are so much better. It's just that the market has changed a lot. And, I mean, I don't think that overall it's going to make more than Frozen. I think that it, for whatever reason, it just had a bigger opening weekend. Like maybe there wasn't any other movies. Maybe there was kind of bad weather and parents were willing to take their kids to the movies. Or, or maybe, maybe it is that an untapped market, previously never having attended Disney movies, they were able to market to and hone in on, um, and which really increased their box office profits. That market, of course, furries. That's right. I think it was the furries. I think that the one thing that Frozen didn't have was, um, in well, f- furry or not, Katie. Quick question, quick little side. What was the what you, was there a cartoon for you that like did that? Did you have a first cartoon crush? Because I I recently remembered mine. I mean, a crush. So I wasn't ever, to be honest, I was like not a Disney kid for the most part, like. I was really into Bugs Bunny. Okay. But uh, but I remember seeing uh, Pocahontas. Oh. And I was like in 
I was like old by then. I think I was in like seventh grade or something. Like I remember because I went to see it like with a friend like in seventh grade. Right. And um, there is a char- there's a minor character in there who's like a hot guy. And I remember like joking with my friends afterwards that he was like really hot. And I mean, you know, I, I guess that. <laughs> mine, I mine I remembered was. Are you familiar with the movie called Fern Gully? Yes. I so, remember Fern Gully. Yeah. So Fern Gully, if you're not familiar, it's like uh, a man gets turned into like a fairy uh, and he has to stop like an evil ooze monster voiced by Tim Curry. And he teams up with a, with a, another fairy, a female fairy named Krista and a bat named Robin Williams. And don't worry, I was not attracted to the Robin Williams bat because that would be very confusing. Um, I was very, very into the, the, the fairy girl, Krista. She had like a cool punk haircut and she was like... She was really badass, and she was like an activist. I think that's like it kind of like nailed it for me. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Do you ever still think of her? Um, often, yeah. Oh, all the time. Have you ever like searched on like DeviantArt.com to see if there's any like erotic drawings of her? You know, I haven't. But if anyone listening wants to draw me um, as a fairy hooking up with her, or her as a human hooking up with me. You know, in whatever world, whatever magical scenario is happening. Or if anyone wants to figure out what side character Katie's talking about and draw her hooking up with that one, uh, feel free to send those over to Internet Explorer at Pussy.com. You know, make it tasteful, though. You are one bodacious babe. Enough about me cranking my hog. Let's get back to the furries cranking their hog at a Disney movie that came out this weekend. So you wrote, Katie, an article called Proof Disney is Actually Marketing Zootopia to Furries. Prove it to me. How do you know? How do you know this was on purpose that they made this movie for furries? Well, you know, I think people might know me as a, you know, the beautiful voice of the Internet Explorer podcast. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a real serious crack journalist and I obtained some pretty shocking and damning emails that truly proved that the Disney had been marketing this movie to furries. So there had been a lot of speculation amongst the furries and even amongst like non-furries that something about this movie, I think particularly because it had a sort of like wily fox who wore clothes, um, just like the Robin Hood movie that all furries love so much. Um, Something about this movie really was appealing to furries and like people on Twitter were like, oh my God, this is totally for us. Like all these furries are really excited. The email that I found that I obtained a copy of through an anonymous source, someone had from a marketing company called Allied Media, uh, which which is the marketing company outsourced by Disney. Right. so someone from this company sent an email to a furry meetup group called Fur Life. I'm familiar. It reads, hello, Fur Life. My name is Redacted, and I am representing Walt Disney Studios. Our next film being released is Zootopia, and it is about a world inhabited by animals all living together in peace. The pictures of the members of your group all looking like animals are incredible and align perfectly with the film. All of you could live peacefully in Zootopia. It would be great for you all to share these photos on social media platforms such as Instagram and Twitter. You can take new photos of each other and share these photos online using the hashtag Zootopia and hashtag ZooU. You can be representing Zootopia and the participants can receive film-based items such as the poster and rabbit or fox crowns. This can be a lot of fun and your group seems perfect to participate. 
If you are interested, start posting the photos today and email me at blah, 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 blah at Allied Media. So th- this is for real. Like the, basically the Disney like knew what they were doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a legitimate email. I have I have seen a screenshot of the email. Um, I can vouch for its veracity. Um, I did reach out to both Allied Integrated Media. They had they responded and said they had no comment. Uh, Disney did not respond to requests for comment. You know, I mean, I think the no comment means you know they're not denying that it was fake or anything. This is this is a legitimate email. They just have nothing to say about it. Sure. So I I, I think a couple of furries were passing this around Twitter and being like, oh my god, this is kind of bonkers that like Disney is just flat out like being like, hey furries, why don't you help us promote <laughs> our movie and we'll give you a movie poster. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's smart marketing, smart marketing, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's sort of funny about this is, like, I mean, it's funny because it's furries, right? And, like, furries are kind of funny, and I don't mind saying that. Furries are not a protected class. Saying furries are kind of weird is, like, that's okay. They're people who choose to dress up as animals. They know it. I think they're harmless, Um, I think, but they are weird. Oh, they're they're totally also harmless. I mean, BuzzFeed, in general, I firmly believe we are a pro-furry organization. We've said it before. This show is pro-furry. BuzzFeed Internet Explorer is a pro-furry podcast. I think that being a furry is like, I mean, it's weird as hell, but like, I like that, you know? Right. But furries have a real big issue with like having a bad reputation about being sex perverts. Um, Right. And and like, there's nothing wrong with being sex perverts. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with being a sex pervert, but it's also true, not all of them are sex perverts. And so they sort of have this chip on their shoulder about like, you know, everyone's kind of like, I mean, the funny thing with this movie is people are like, oh, they're going to go to the movie theater and what, like crank off? Like, they're not going to do that. Come on. Like, they're not that weird. Like, I mean, they might go home and crank off. Definitely. But yeah, furries always have a little chip on their shoulder about like, hey, we're not all perverts. And I I respect that. Well, no, it's like, it was, we got to stop slut shaming furries in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> I will also say that to to back up the point that not all furries are crazy sex demons. Um, when I went to this furry convention a couple years ago, I my goal was I want to find out where the late night furry fuck parties are. Like I just right. want to see this. Like I don't want to participate in this, but like I've, I that's just a. As a person who is interested in the world, I want to see this with my own eyes to believe it. And for the life of me, I could not find any furries <laughs> in sex parties. I'm so, so sad either for you. I just wasn't invited because, you know, I'm not a furry. Or, you know, they just aren't as teeming with sexual activity as I imagine them to be. If you're a furry and you're listening to this and you live in the New York or London area and you regularly go to furry sex parties... Please invite me or Katie. We would love to report on it fairly and honestly. Same. <laughs> so we're going to talk about a Vine celebrity, which we love Vine celebrities because they are a weird new facet of the internet. We've talked about them a bunch of times on this show. We've talked about uh, Logan Paul uh, just last week. Uh, we had Nathan Zed, who's also a Viner slash YouTuber. But this, uh, the person we're going to talk about next is Reiko Ozeki, and she is a Japanese Vine celebrity, which is, to be honest, I mean, it's hard because uh, most of her Vines are in Japanese, so you won't be able to understand them. Right. I I came across her because 
I feel like a year or two ago, the entire internet like sort of discovered at the same time that Japanese kids were making vines and that their vines were really funny. Like they're really visual. For instance, the one I'm going to play for you right now, uh, it's a kid wearing glasses that have, you know, like the glasses that have eyes on them. Yeah. He's like wearing those and he lifts up an iPod and then he just says, iPod. Hello, I am Steve Jobs. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And it's got, it's got mean, 10 million loops on it. You know, it's perfect. Yeah. Here's another really good one that, that I love. And all you need to know is that they're pointing at a cabbage. And, that, and that, that's all you need. It's a, like a bunch of kids pointing at a cabbage, okay? Cabbage, cabbage, cabbage. Lettuce, lettuce, lettuce. And that one has 25 million <laughs> loops on it. So, like... <laughs> what are, are they just taunting the cabbage? Yeah, they're just taunting a cabbage. They're, they're ta- Actually, they're technically taunting a head of lettuce by calling it a cabbage, I think. I think they're trying to disrespect <laughs> the lettuce. <laughs> Uh, but the the standout star of all of the of all the Japanese vines is uh, a girl named Reika. She's 19 years old, and I got to meet her when I was in Japan, and I interviewed her via um, an interpreter, uh, Amy. She works for the BuzzFeed Japan office. Hello, Amy. If you're listening to this, I hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> but it, it, it's super weird. So, like, um, the weirdest thing about Reika, I think, is that. She's just like super normal. Like she, she wasn't riding on a hoverboard. You know, <laughs> if if you if you aren't familiar with the the, the stereotype, uh, American viners are sort of like well, a lot of them are terrible and like love hoverboards for some reason, which I like. I can never really understand. I guess it's just because it's you can buy them easily. I don't know. I feel like American viners, the standard American vine star is just like a good-looking 17-year-old yeah. on a hoverboard yeah. making, like, very loud jokes. And they all, like, recently bought that fucking, like, T-Rex costume. Have you seen this? Yeah. They're all dressed like a T-Rex on a hoverboard vaping. It's, like, so fucking weird. <laughs> like, I just don't get it. Honestly, in 2016, if you're not a vaping T-Rex <laughs> on a hoverboard, what are you even doing? <laughs> so here's, like, some examples of Reka's vines. Like, this first one, it's got three million loops. And it's uh, the do you want to build a snowman scene uh, from Frozen. But the joke is that it's one girl doing it to another girl in the bathroom. Do you want to build a snowman? Hey! That's pretty much it. That's pretty good. It's yeah, like good. I don't really understand why it's funny, but it kind of just is. Yeah, that's just like that's what makes Vine so special. And then here's another one she did. This has five million loops and it's just her making a popping noise with her mouth. Something about it. It's hypnotic. So I met with her, and what I thought was like super, su- also super weird, is that she works for like an ad firm, sort of. It's a social marketing, social media marketing kind of firm called Grove. And what they do is they they like connect her with brands so she can make money off her Vine account. But she only does it for fun because she's still a student and she's like going to school for sports education, which is like sort of kind of crazy that you can be the most popular Viner in a country. And not have that made you totally crazy and want you to, like, you know, go into show business immediately. I mean, that seems a better way of doing things in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so as I was interviewing Rick, I was learning about sort of the way celebrity works in Japan. And when I was doing research for this piece, do you, 
Katie, are you familiar with Idols? No. Okay. So Idols are sort of like a super beefed up version of Japanese pop stars. So I'm going to play a song from the biggest Idol group, which is like pop star group, and they're called AKB48. So this is AKB48 for you. AKB48 is the biggest pop group in Japan right now, um, and they have 127 members. Wait, they have 127 members of yeah. the group? It's like an NFL league. Yeah. Basically, the pop industry in Tokyo has been accused of like child abuse and sexual expectation and being like a legit pipeline to organize crime, and it's so powerful that um, what these labels do is they like bring in girls who are working at like cafes or working as like pinup girls and they put them through a boot camp. And then the pop group has yearly elections in which they elect the main girls. So like AKB 48 has a main group, but they also have like a hundred and 20 other girls that like will have to work their way up and then hopefully maybe get elected into like the Joey Fatone position. Jesus. (laughs) So, so at any point, you know, like you're listening to a song or maybe like looking at pictures of them and you're only seeing maybe the the main five, but there's this sort of like back roster, the B team of another hundred people who are just kind of like waiting to rise up the ranks. Is that the idea? Exactly. If you go into this system, like you could eventually get on TV or you could be in movies, you could have modeling deals, but... Well, this is true. While you um, while you are in a pop group, you uh, usually work for salary and the label typically takes about 60 percent of your earnings and (laughs) male. And this is true for male and female pop stars in Japan. You usually have to sign a contract uh, saying that you will not have sexual relations with anyone while you are working as a pop star. And if you are caught having a relationship with anyone, the label will sue you. Well, you know, I mean, a that's nuts. (laughs) <laughs> B, I can totally imagine you, Ryan, yeah. making it into one of these pop groups. Not ever having sex would not be a problem for you since, you know, obviously it's, that's not a problem. No one wants to. It's true. It's true. But I think that, you know, you could, you know, you're musical, you're talented. I could totally see you becoming a Japanese pop star. Thank you. And I bring all this up because if you think about like Vine and YouTube Celebrity in America, it sort of feels like a bunch of kids homebrewing the American entertainment industry, right? Like they want to be, Mm -hmm. they want to build their own sort of fame. So they model it after what already exists. But in in Japan and in Reika's case, she doesn't think of herself as a celebrity. She just thinks of herself as like a goofy kid on the internet who happens to be like mega popular. So she has a boyfriend who actually is a Viner himself and works for Grove as well. And they met at like a meetup and, she told me their first date was like really cute. They like went for ramen together after a party. And it's funny how it, it kind of sounds like classic Hollywood movie studio star systems where they kind of own you and, you know, right. they might try to set you up on a date, you know, kind of control your love life and, uh, you know, you, you, you're up or you're down. And then to have internet fame is sort of more pure. Um, I mean, it seems like it's better. Yeah. It reminds me of. The, the attitude that I feel like was far more prominent in the West like 10 years ago, which was, oh, this is cool. I want to make it. And then if people like it, 
I'll make more of it. It almost reminds me of the way it felt like four years ago when I was at BuzzFeed and before BuzzFeed was like a big thing and we would just like make stuff and if people liked it, we'd be like, oh, we should make more of this. Uh, it, it feels very, uh, very uh, authentic, you know. BuzzFeed yeah. now is not authentic. It's bullshit, I think, but. <laughs> it's all your fault. It's all my fault. According to the Google Doc that our producer Julia gives us every week, this section of the show is the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, it says right here, end show. It says end. <laughs> it says shut shut the fuck up and end and do credits. But you know what, Ryan? I can't be tamed. I want to keep talking. I want to keep talking, yeah. Yeah, you know, I. so one thing that I am really excited about that's going to be coming up in the future is uh, we're going to do a special series uh, on Internet Explorer. And the concept is we're going we're gonna to pick a couple key years that impacted the internet and we're going to talk about them uh talk about that year in the internet um and it's going to be a short little mini series of these um stay tuned it's going to be good we're currently zeroing in on uh some years that i feel like i know when when we've been working on this for a couple weeks now and every time we talk about it there's like a moment during the, the writing of it where it's like whoa i totally forgot that this happened and that's Sort of what we want to we want to bring back. We want to we want to look backwards to look forwards. I think I know what you mean. Yeah, I think you got to look at your tail to look at your snout. That's what the furries in the movie theater watching Zootopia would probably want us to say. I think that you and I live together in a Zootopia. Yeah, and I think part of the reason that we're in such a Zootopia is the wonderful people that we work with to put this podcast together each week. Uh, we have uh, Julia Furlan, who if she was living in Zootopia, would be. An extremely horny fox. I think if Meg Kramer was in Zootopia, she would be like just like a very straight laced, like a lamb that works in a library. If Eleanor Kagan uh, was in Zootopia, she would be one of the sloths that work at the DMV. Ooh. If Jenna Weiss Berman was in Zootopia, she would be like a really old mean turtle. I love you, Jenna. I don't think you're a mean turtle. I think, I think, or maybe she'd be like a really, <laughs> like a bandicoot. A mean turtle. She'd be like a feral bandicoot. <laughs> and if Paul Ruest of Argo Studios uh, was a character in Zootopia, he would be a human who uh, runs a recording studio. Oh, I had one for Paul though. Okay, let me hear your Paul. It would be like he would be like a like a he, he'd definitely be a bird. I think he'd be some kind of like. Like a wisecracking toucan? Toucan, yeah, like a really classy toucan or or eagle. A cla- like a, a toucan in a tux. Yeah, like a he'd be like a tuxedo oh. wearing toucan that throws like a dinner party uh, that gets interrupted by Jenna as a feral bandicoot. <laughs> you guys might not be aware of this, but like you know, this podcast is usually maybe around thirty minutes. Um, we usually record for about um, a full hour, yeah. and an extra 30 minutes of that is just Ryan and I going, Hitler had some good ideas. And teenagers should smoke. <laughs> Smoking's cool, and teens should do it. Teens should definitely Eventually smoke. Eventually, it has to cut all that. Yeah. 